Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Watkins-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. Hello, 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 hello. I am Henneke Watkins-Porter, your inspirational leader and podcast queen. Now, it seemed like it was just yesterday that I was wishing everyone a happy new year. And now I am about to do the same again. So clearly, time does fly. As cliche as that sounds, it does fly or so it seems. Now, this is episode 93. And I decided to do a solo episode to speak directly to you about what this year has been like for me and what to expect in the coming year. I've had so many wins and of course a few disappointments, but throughout it all, I have remained grateful. I had set goals in many areas that, that are important to me. For example, spiritual, personal development in the areas of health and finance social, emotional, and relational. Now, some of my targets were met and some weren't. So I've done my review and I've seen what worked and what needs to be tweaked. And so I've been doing that going into 2019. Of course, let me just start quickly by sharing just two of the low points for me because I don't want to dwell on those, right? They, those are not, it's not my style to dwell on things that don't go so right. So, of course, I had to pay loads of cash to, um, to an opponent regarding a legal battle. And that for me was, I mean, I felt ambivalent about it. On one hand, I did it because it was costing or I did it because I didn't want anything to be costing me my my peace of mind because I believe that anything that costs me my peace of mind is just too important and I just wasn't going to have it. So on the one hand, I felt that, yeah, it was doing it I needed to settle. But in retrospect, on the other hand, it's a move having thought about it more much more in depth and clearly um, clearer than I did before that and having weighed everything and done my research or more in-depth research it's a move that I shouldn't have made but again I did it because of my peace of mind right I won't get into details of that but um, just to say it's one of those lower points for me and it wasn't even a low point when I had to pay the money but it was what I learned after paying the money and how I reflected and 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 what was clearer to me knowing that I should have stood my ground. Suffice it to say, I did. And I can't change it. It happened already. It's just for me to take the lesson and to move on. Now, another low point for me was that I became physically exhausted. I remember to the point one day that I got up of my bed and I couldn't walk. I know that kind of happened because of a fall. I had a very serious fall. And, um, well, weeks before, months before that, I had that fall. But it, it took a toll on me, my body because I became so exhausted. And it was just one of those moments when like, oh my gosh, you know, it's it's almost felt as though I've, I felt life leaving my body. I think perhaps that could be a little dramatic, 
But yeah, when you're used to be spicely and up and about and you're suddenly not able to be that person, it can feel like the life is leaving your body. I remember one day I got up to leave my house and I had to just lay on the bed for a little while, well, lay on my couch rather for a little while after I was ready and I about to leave out like my body was saying, no, you got to rest for about 15 minutes. And then I, I got back some energy and I know it happened as a result of, you know, that fall, I was in another country for a long time. And also, you know, the altitude, the, the difference in time zone, um, the fast space at which I was going, trying to function in. In, in one time zone in the east and also in Jamaica at the same time. And my body was like kind of confused. I became ill. So that period was not, not a, um, it was not a great period, but it was also a time though that I recognized that I need to give my body a little more respect. In fact, a lot more respect than I was given it. And so I have been more intentional these days. I mean, I still have a long way to go because when you're a uh, self-professed um, workaholic, well, people call me that as well right? When you continue to, to work consistently, you know, getting to really slow down and getting to that period can be a challenge. So, but I'm being very intentional these days, taking more rest, um, not working as long hours and resting on weekends and taking more downtime than I was. I still do my schedule because I'm a planner, but there are times when I decide, you know what, I'm not going to be held hostage to my own schedule. And I just um, free flow. There are times when I do that and I know it works for me. It gives me better peace of mind. And um, I'm still accomplishing what I set out to do, but I'm also respecting my body and I need to give my body that respect. Now, that's as much as I will say for the low points. There have been several, several, several high points. Um, So I'm going to talk about a few just briefly. I won't go into too much details because... Over time, I know you've been following me and you would have been made aware of them as well. So on the spiritual side, I launched my daily devotion podcast. I launched it on Anchor, anchor.fm, and I've been just doing it daily. Now, this podcast is really a very brief time when I share personally out of devotional time. I share some of that and I make it public on, on, on that podcast, which is that podcast is not one that I promote, you know, market or anything for any uh, material gain or any financial gain. It simply is just there as a valve, as an outlet, as a spiritual, um, tool, growth tool for me, feeling more connected to my supreme being, to my creator, to my God. Right. So that is why I do my daily devotion. And it's just, I mean, I am. A kingdom person who is an entrepreneur, not an entrepreneur who's a kingdom person, right? So I'm a kingdom person. I'm a kingdom ambassador who is an entrepreneur. And that is who I am at the core. At the core, I recognize that without God, I am nothing, that he has made me into everything that I am today, that every power that lies within me comes through him and from him. And so I give honor to him by recognizing him as the Lord of my life and savior and master. And then, um, as also as it relates to spiritual, but all, you know, and, and there are other Al's from that, Alice from that as well, is the co-authoring of a devotional, which is called According to His Word, a 31-day devotional for entrepreneurs. And that I have co-authored with Dr. Renette A. Joseph. He is based in the USA. Um, he's ambassador. He's all these amazing things. I met him first in St. Martin when I spoke at Dominate 360. 
and um that that's it said martin hosted by ethe badajo and i met him and we've maintained contacts uh since 2016 and just you know somebody who is very supportive somebody who you want to be in your network and he raised you up is somebody who will you know um he's a team player and stuff so we've co-authored this devotional and um dr vernet is going to be here in jamaica on uh in february 2019 speaking at learn fest in addition to um dr will morland who is an awesome amazing speaker that i also met when i was in st martin as well in 2016 so look out for that devotional coming at the end of december here and um, made available it's going to be launched in 2019 and then i was also featured in this international magazine um uh, which is produced by Dr. Vernet A. Joseph as well. So that was another high point for me. It's called Productive Business. And it was, um, the feature was about finding my voice. And similarly, I was featured in the Gleaner and the Flair production of the Gleaner about finding my voice as well. And from here on, like from the international magazine that I'm talking about Productive Business and the Gleaner feature, and here on pretty much uh, most of the things that I'm going to be sharing again, sharing with you there as a result of my podcast, The Entrepreneurial You, as you know. So I was in 2018 at the beginning of the year, a speaker at the Jamaica Stock Exchange Conference, where I spoke on why we need to have a podcast, right? Um, So that's another high point. Another one was the podcast workshop that I've hosted. I've hosted four. And so over those four cohorts, I've trained 33 persons about podcasting, just introducing them to the subject of podcasting. And you have a good percentage of those cohort members who are launching their own podcasts. I must make special mention of Julia Barnes, who has just taken the information and been, you know, has been running with that platform and she's about to launch her own podcast. And there is, there's also John Richards, who is doing amazing things with her Comet My Worship brand and her Crew 44 brand. And she's going to be launching her podcast and her magazine in February. So, and, and other, other core members are doing amazing things. Um, I know that Michelle Sinclair Doyle has just la- uh, launched her speaking business and her voiceover business and hosting business and so on. Very excited for her as well and what she's been doing. Then I don't even want to start calling names because then I get into trouble and because I won't be able to call everybody's names, right? And following on the podcast, then I've been doing the live workshop, but I've also launched the online podcast course as well. So persons, wherever they are in the world, wherever you are in the world, you can access that course. I have also started writing for the LeaderCast blog. No, that for me was, is great because LeaderCast, as you know, is the brand that is all about leadership. It's all about developing leaders worth following. And so when I reached out to them to to contribute and I was accepted, that for me, it did something, you know, like, yes, because I've always wanted to write for 
um, a big platform and the LeaderCast brand, their platform is huge and it's one that is recognized around the world and it's one that is aligned. It aligns well to what it is that I am doing and what it is that I believe in. They valued me so much that they sent me a, a personalized um, package, you know, package with pens and blankets and just little goodies just to show appreciation for my being with them, spreading the word, developing leaders worth following, not just writing through the blog, but I also hosted um, my very first LeaderCast event in May, LeaderCast Kingston, and the response was overwhelmingly phenomenal. So I am grateful for that. That was a high point for me. The sponsors that came on board, the team members executed so well. I remember being in the room when I was thrown in the back of the room by one of my team members. I think it was Michelle who said, you gave us a task to do now. Allow us to do it, please. Right. Because I was trying to micromanage. Well, not really trying to micromanage. Just wanted to make sure that everything was running smoothly. As I believe, you know, organizing an event, I need to make sure that everybody's experience is great. But then, you know, I realized that I didn't need to be doing that because my team was so competent and they had the event and everybody's best interest at heart. So I was made to put at the, to sit somewhere in the room and enjoy the conference. And when I sat at the back of the room, and watched how everything unfolded, I thought to myself, I was in a different seminar, I was in a different event, and I wanted to meet the speaker at the end. I wanted, well, not the speaker, the organizer. I wanted to meet the organizer at the end of the event. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, but you are the organizer. Okay, you don't, one less work to do, one less person to meet. Ha <laughs> ha. All right, so that was LeaderCast Kingston. And then there was LeaderCast Women in October now, um, before I even continue on to LeaderCast Women, I must give a big shout out to Dr. Nsambe Jaja who throughout it all when, when the valley moments came and that's why you have to surround yourself with people who will raise you up because there were some valley moments in preparing for LeaderCast Kingston, particularly because I was away in the early part of the year, which took two months out of my planning time and organizational time to execute LeaderCast Kingston. And so when I had my Valley moment and I and I remember calling, reaching out to um and somebody, she just when I was looking for somebody to have a pity party with, she would have none of it. Right. So pity party cancelled and we went into she spoke over me and spoke into my spirit. And you know, where's this woman of faith that she knows? And and so the faith, though it was sinking, it arose because I I was able to have somebody to speak so positively in my life, you know, and to stand on the word and to stand with me in faith and knowing that it could be done. And it was done. And so during LeaderCast Women, uh, LeaderCast Kingston, and somebody looked at me and said, oh, you know, we're doing LeaderCast Women. Like, okay, then if you say we're doing it, we're doing it. And, you know, that feeling of overwhelm came upon me and then I just uh, released it because I know that it is well. And so LeaderCast Women happened and it was a phenomenal success. It was a phenomenal success. Like the experience was like none other. The sponsors, the team, like everybody just came together and made it happen. The testimonies that we have to prove that what I'm saying, it's not just me talking because, you know, I have... Uh, vested interest. It really is the reality. It really is what people experience. And I'm happy to have been the person 
to be driving LeaderCast in Jamaica now. Uh, LeaderCast is really the largest one-day leadership event in the world. And so it happens in Atlanta, Georgia every year where you have up to 7,000 people attending and persons like Tyler Perry, Condoleezza Rice, Molly uh, Fletcher, um, Steve Wozniak, so many other persons, prominent persons, and, and not so prominent as well, but they've been all been excellent in their own right, right? Uh, have been speakers on the platform. And so in addition to the live event in Atlanta, Georgia every year, it is streamed around the world to another 100,000 people. So the mantra of LeaderCast is, as I mentioned, to develop leaders worth following. So it's an exceptional event. And I want to share, as I talk about LeaderCast, that LeaderCast Kingston is happening on May 10, 2019. So if you go to hennekawatkisporter.com, you get an opportunity to save 40% to get, you know, 40% discount on your ticket. So ticket sales have been open since the end of, um, well, since the beginning of October or the middle of October when LeaderCast Women ended. So go right ahead. So I've talked about my high points in terms of the devotional um, that I've co-authored with Dr. Vernet A. Joseph, as well as the devotional podcast that I've launched. I've talked about being featured in the International Magazine Productive Business and the Gleaner I've spoken at the Jamaica Stock Exchange Conference. And I'm also going to be speaking again in 2019. Talked about my podcast workshop, talked about the online podcast course and the LeaderCast blog and, and events. And predominantly, most of these have been as a result of the podcast, right? Either directly or indirectly. The Jamaica Conference Center, I mean, the Jamaica Stock Exchange rather, has been a supporter of mine from, from very early days. From I had the podcast, well, before it was a podcast, from I had it on radio, they have been a partner. And so, you know, we've partnered before in terms of I've pitched in their pitch room before. We've just had a growing relationship and one that is maturing into something even more beautiful. So, I am happy for the podcast that has a that has enabled all of this to happen. Now, another of my high point is, and it's where I'm going to end in terms of my high points, and it has been my visit to India. Now, <sighs> India, India, India. I talk about it so much. People must be wondering, is it the only country I've ever been? I talk about India a lot because single-handedly, it's the country or it's the visit I've had. It's a travel that have impacted my life the most single-handedly. I mean, I've been away to the United States for three and a half months um, when I was in my late teens. And um, yeah, that was through church. I was a camp counselor in all the churches. I was there for three and a half months. But single-handedly, I've been away. It's, it's the longest I've ever been away outside of the U.S. Um, been away from my home for two months and just the overall experience you know when you think about the disparity in Jamaica and you think about the haves and the have-nots right and how that disparity and the the unevenness of the distribution of wealth and income and so on just imagine India with um one point odd billion people that disparity increase maybe a thousand fold or more right so there's a wide disparity and so the affluence that you see on one hand and then you on another hand you see mm, the extreme poverty right 
and and all of this coexisting and it sometimes they want to let you feel like you know the the caste system is no longer um uh relevant or is no longer active it is very much active in india and i think that is predominantly why the distribution of income and wealth is so uneven because again also religion plays a major role in that society and the caste system is justified by religion because you're born into your lot and that's what you deserve and all of that stuff right um so that is one thing the diversity of culture in that country is i've not been anywhere where there's so much diversity diversity of thought diversity of religion diversity of people the people just look um like there i love to look at the way the, the women in particular dress i am in love with their dress i'm in love with all of that i'm in love one of the things though that um i didn't finish my my, my thought a while ago and i must stop it yeah <laughs> right one of the things i love about indian was more impactful and most impactful on my visit was that visit to the indira gandhi museum and visiting the indira gandhi museum and just hearing the story of how powerful that woman was and ahead of her time and how she impacted change in a very positive way and to know that she was assassinated. But it was one day before her death when she said, she said that I'm here today. I may not be here tomorrow, but when I die, every drop of my blood will invigorate India and strengthen it. That for me, it just evokes a profound sense of courage it evokes that sense of I can do anything and it doesn't matter what. I must be standing for something even if I die. And when I die, you know, I would have had so much impact on lives and change lives and change mindset and for the better. That is remarkable. And that is what has rested on my spirit to this day. And particularly because I remember encountering a situation where I had to stand and I decided to stand at all costs cost it what it will I was going to stand I mean you know me um well enough you know that I am somebody who I'm very strong I'm well opinionated I am very firm I'm very strong but there was an even greater resolve for me to be stronger and for me to stand for what I believe regardless of who is with me even if I have to stand alone let me stand right because once I settle in my mind the, what the consequences are, and I'm ready to deal with those consequences, then I can stand regardless. So that for me was, there's just so much about India, right? So much, so much, so much. I mean, our visit to the Taj Mahal, the Taj Mahal is beauty, um, indescribable beauty. The Hawa Mahal, the Jagger Fort, Agra Fort, the Albert Hall Museum, right? Um, we were, I'm, I was mostly based in Delhi, but of course I went to Jaipur, um, Dehradun, and other places. Um, that that just just a great experience, right? I'm talking about India so much, but anyway, there were some observations, and even even as it relates to entrepreneurship, some of the observations for me that stood out, of course, is like the high level of support to the SMEs by the government of India is so commendable, so admirable, you know, um, and the way the perspective, because I was there on a scholarship to India doing entrepreneurship, the, the perspective that entrepreneurship is taught from, like, first of all, I was blown away by the way in which the lecturers themselves 
delivered material. I mean, English is not their first language. Most of them, some of, a, a very small percentage had, you know, struggles delivering perfectly in English, right? For the most part, it was well delivered in English and their perspective and their knowledge and their ability to not just lecture, but to bring out case studies and bring out activities. And we do activities and group work and stuff that that really brought across the point, um, talking about um, stuff like, you know, approaching subjects, new subject areas for me, like new blue ocean technology in, in starting a business and so on. So it was well presented. Um, back to the point of the high level of uh, SME support, that was evident on every street corner that you go to, that I go to. It was so clear that the government supports small businesses. There is interestingly one type of taxation across the country. Communication is accessible to all and we know how good for business that is. Telephone calls within the country are free. As long as you're calling within India, your call to another person, it is free. Free, F-R-E-E. Prioritization of historical sites for tourist attraction. We see a lot of that and the preservation of things that, you know, places like the Taj Mahal, um, the Hawa Mahal, and so on. And all these amazing buildings, right? We also visited a lot of um, temples, but I didn't go into the temple or any one of them, I guess, because of personal reasons, right? I chose not to because of personal reasons. But the the temple building on the outside, the, the luxurious way in which, I mean, and the the pristine condition in which the 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 environment is kept, wow, mind boggling. And then when you juxtapose that to some of the areas on the streets, hmm, yeah, you wonder, are you in the same place really? Like this level of cleanliness and everything. But overall, like I said, I love India, and it's just it it is what it is, right? I mean, India is doing so well; they're sending people to space. Right. It is it's just it's just a good look um for India. Uh when they think about their education and their tech their technology, they're really, really up there. They are a force to be reckoned with. Of course, um I was exposed to various enterprises operated by individuals and, and corporations, um from very, very small to the very, very large, and to see how they manufacture some of the things that we get here in Jamaica and other parts of the world that are exported. My one of the, the, the experience for me that stood out again was the mode of transportation that was used. Um my favorite of course is the tuk-tuk. And if I can I can write a book about my experience riding on the road, driving on the road, walking on the road, and you wonder it's 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 the most organized chaos I've ever seen. Huh organized chaos right it's the most organized chaos i've ever seen uh when you're on the street and you like these people are so close to each other the 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 motorists are so close to each other like millimeter close to each other and there's no touching there's no accident well that i've seen anyway right uh the handmade products that i saw saw a lot of that um customer care experiences and negotiation skills must talk about negotiation skills i mean shopping in india is a it's an interesting phenomenon right so 
you go to the markets, particularly like there, there are some places that are fixed prices, but for the most part, you go into a store or market and you ask how much is this item? Okay. A thousand rupees. All right, fine. So then you ask the next, next question is what's the best price? And they'll tell you, okay, 700 rupee. And then you say to them, oh, I have 200 rupee, no more, 200 rupee. And you say that with a straight face and you're walking away and then you're called back. So that same item that costs 200, a uh, thousand rupee, you're now paying 200 rupee for it. Go figure, right? So I love that. I mean, I personally though, I love the fact, let me tell you what I love about it. I love the fact that I could get something that this is a thousand for two, for 200. But I, I seriously had a challenge and, and to this day, there's something about me that does not like, that is why I prefer people just give me their best price. Cause I don't like the idea of trying to get something for $500 when you tell me it's a thousand. Like there's something in me that cringe and maybe it's because of, as an entrepreneur, a business owner, when I set a price, I don't want you to bring my price down because there's value attached to that. And so intrinsically in me, there is something that cringes at the um, the idea of wanting to bring somebody's price down. But intrinsically in me also as a Jamaican, it's perhaps it's in my DNA because I go to the market and I'm negotiating and I'm saying, okay, um, this thing costs uh, a thousand a thousand dollars or let's not say a thousand dollars nothing costs so much like a hundred dollars per pound or two hundred dollars per pound i'm like okay and i want to get brought up it's like you're actually still bringing down person's price because you're getting more for less right so i i have a i have a challenge with that um with negotiation because for that reason for that reason Anyways, moving right along. So, of course, um, nature is preserved and protected a lot um, like that. Now, when you see some on the street, you see some very simple processing of products. For example, the sugar cane juice that they squeeze. You watch them squeeze that. So it's really nice. And the things that they sell, like coconut that we just can't, but, you know, we take for granted. We only cook rice and peas here. They're selling coconut and, and stuff on the road and cut it up and sell it. And it's, it's, it's you know, just a, a nice little um, item, just as we would buy mangoes or something on the streets. And overall, I want to say that, you know, India's culture is extremely rich. Um, and that's why I love it. You know, the diversity, the interesting things on it. Um, to this day, I smile because I remember going into a restaurant to eat. And I saw in a group of us were in the restaurant and when we were finished eating, I looked up and I saw a sign on the on the uh, wall that says we do not serve onion and garlic on a Tuesday. Of course, I thought that was so random. And I like, went up to the the um, the person at the front and I asked why onion and garlic and why on a Tuesday? And he said to me that um, he pointed to a God, an idol in the corner, and he says that um, our God does not does not like onion and garlic on a Tuesday. And I walked away with my straight face and I said, okay, thank you very much. All right. So that is it for my, my, you know, my observation in India. I've spent so much time on India. You would think this podcast is about India, right? No, it's not. But I've learned some lessons over the last um, 12 months, you know, and some things that I'm going to be moving forward with that you just need to, First of all, you need to um to stand up for what you believe in. I've learned things and I've reinforced things have been reinforced. So stand up for what you believe in. Um, do not give up your rights. Uh be adventurous. 
take risks, take chances. Those are some of the things that I've learned. Of course, part of my review process is reviewing the podcast. And I went and went out and got some um, questions answered and asked for, you know, recommendations for changes and some of the things that uh, based on what was said, I'll be implementing going forward. So what you can look forward to in 2019 is that there's going to be a new website, yay, which is going to be launched in January. And it's going to be an improved blog focusing on topics that are very important to entrepreneurs and leaders. So I'm going to, yes, I've been looking at those, but I'm going to be zoning in a lot more and focusing on themed interviews that will yield actionable takeaways for you. So some of the response I got, you know, yes, it's good to listen, but I needed to be more focused in the interviews and the conversations. I've taken that to heart and I'm going to know um, implement those and make sure that you have actionable steps from each conversation to walk away with because it's not just enough to have conversations with all these amazing people but I want it to be framed in such a way that you get value from it so I am truly truly looking forward to 2019 and all the possibilities that will be surfacing of course I've put a plan together been looking on my 2018 review and, you know, reviewing to see what I could have changed, what I could have done better, what worked, what didn't work, right? I need to know now from you, how has 2018 been for you? And what will you be doing in 2019? I really want to hear from you. So go to henikawatkisporter.com and you can send me a voice note or a WhatsApp message. When you go on my website there to the right, there's an opportunity to either send me a voice message or you can send me a WhatsApp message. I'll be happy to respond to you. So thank you so very much for spending time with me. I'm going to ask you to subscribe and leave a rate and review on the podcast in iTunes if you have not already done so. And of course, if you're listening in from my website, then there is an opportunity to leave a comment on the show notes page of the episode. Remember, you are born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win. We needed to raise to capital, and but our experience with win. local financial Walk institutions good. was that they were cautious and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. As you know, it does take work to produce one 30-minute podcast episode, which is a joy for me. Perhaps you're wondering if you could contribute to this work, and the answer is yes. For as little as $2 per month, you can make a contribution to go a far way. Go to patreon.com slash T-E-Y, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com slash t-e-y and there are perks awaiting you right there so thank you so much i'm looking forward to your support